Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, you guys, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I am so excited for you to hear today's interview with Christine Co. You are just going to love this mama. So I'm going to actually read her full bio in a second because I just want you to understand the breadth of work that she does because you're really going to appreciate that when you we dive in and hear how she manages her schedule and just how calm and relaxed she sounds even on the interview. But before I do that, I have a couple of things. Number one being this sexy raspy voice that is recording this intro. Um, I hope it's okay. I am just getting through a cold and I have to say I am so, 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 so grateful for this juice supplement that I take that I think I've even told you guys about before. It's called Juice Plus. If you know anyone who sells it, you should get them to help you get it. If you don't, always reach out to us, me at plansimplemeals.com and I will help you. But I swear to God, I just tripled what I was supposed to take when this cold came on and I had a fever one four-hour segment and a totally runny nose another four-hour segment. And then literally at like hour... 20, I thought I had to go to the emergency room because I couldn't breathe. And then within 24 hours, literally, I have this raspy voice, but I am 100% better. I went on a long walk this morning. I feel my energy is up. And it was just amazing because other people in my family um, didn't recover quite so quickly. And I just realized the power of both that supplement, but also just all this care that we we do for ourselves in this community. So I'm really appreciative of that because who has time to be sick, you guys, really? All right. So that was thing number one. Thing number two is as this is going live, there's probably a couple days left if you're listening to this to look at Flow 365 and see if it's something that you want to jump into. There's only a limited amount of spaces We've pretty much filled it, although we're just waiting for people to commit with their credit card, which is happening now. It's not expensive at all, so don't let that scare you. But maybe there's a couple people who this really speaks to and really want to jump in and just haven't had that opportunity, haven't heard about it yet, and I just want to give you that opportunity now. You can go to plansimplemeals.com slash flow365, and this is based on the planner that we created that just came out called the Flow Planner. It's 90 days of thinking about food, lifestyle, um, and work all at the same time and really working toward goals in all four of those categories. And really making space for the things that matter. That's the biggest part about it. So a lot of our time together in this program is not about learning new knowledge. It's really taking all the stuff that you have and fitting it into a day, saying no to the things you have to say no to. So stay tuned in this episode because Christine has some great insights on that one. And doing the things that you really do want to do. And it really helps to have a system, which is the flow planning system. And it also really helps to have the accountability of an amazing group of other women 
going through similar things. So thus, Flow365 came together. I'm running it, I guess, kind of as a beta because I know that everyone who joins is going to really help make the Flow Planner take that to its next level um, and really help me realize where things can be tightened up as we put together the next version of that. And so I'm just really excited to see how all these women create this amazing year together because, oh yes, Flow 365, it is 365 days, it is a year. So it's not for the faint of heart, but it is for anyone who really wants to see change in their wellness, in the meaningfulness of the work they're doing, in their parenting, in their food systems, in their meal planning, in their health, in their workout routine, all those things are fair game. So if that interests you, go to that web URL again, plansimplemeals.com slash flow365. And on that page is a link that you can sign up for a phone call with me. We'll hop on the phone and we'll just make sure it's a good fit. And again, I just want to clear any um, like fear that one might have. One, to hop on the phone with me. I promise I'm not scary. And you could also just email me, mia at plansimplemeals.com. If that feels like you'd rather go back and forth and email, that's fine too. But I love talking to people. And it's actually not a big investment. It is quite a small investment. And it's been really cool to see who shows up because there are people, there are people showing up who have been in my world for many years um, and I know very well in the Plan Simple Meals community or just in my own community. And then there's people who like literally heard me speak last week and are just so ready to do this work. So it's been really fun to see what how this group comes together. So if this is calling to you again, it's at the end of the enrollment process if you're listening to this when this goes live. And if you're listening to this later, no worries. I'm going to do this again. There's going to be a second cohort um, and so just go to that same URL and get on the wait list. But if you are listening to this in time and this calls to you, it's always good to get in at the beginning of something because that just means you get the attention of everybody and you get like, I don't know, you just, I feel like I always regret when I don't get in something at the very beginning and I hear people's stories who did. So I'm hoping that this is the same way. All right. That is totally enough about that. So then the other thing, I, I have two other things I want to say. So if that Flow365 doesn't speak to you, that's totally cool. I just wanted to also throw out there that one of the things I did in the last few months is it got really busy with the planner coming out and I let slip a little the Healthy Moms Meetup Facebook group. And then it got a little spammy for a second where people were posting their wellness products, which I absolutely love supporting moms and wellness products and all that. And I, whenever I can buy things from a mom, I do. But it just wasn't the right vibe in the group. So I started deleting posts, but I wasn't, I wasn't, I just, it wasn't the place I was spending time. So anyway, we've gone back, we've made some new rules. We've added in the 60 or something people who've been waiting to be added. So if that's you, you're added started a new conversation. I'm committed to showing up in there live a couple times a week for the next few, few weeks. We'll see how that goes. Not promising that forever, but definitely as we kick back off. And let's start these conversations going and just see where we see where that takes us. So come join us, healthymomsmeetup.com. That's how you get the link to the Facebook group. You can also just search it on Facebook. 
Um, and we'll see you in there for the conversation. And I would like to start more in-depth conversations after each one of these podcasts. So that is the place where that can happen. All right. That was announcement number two. So Flow 365 was number one. That was number two. And number three is reviews. So the other thing that we're going to be embarking on later this summer is we're actually switching podcast platforms away from Podbean and onto a service where we can sort of track analytics better. And one of the things that's come to our attention that would really help us in our analytics and having more people find this content is to have more iTunes reviews. So if you haven't written a review and you love it or you have feedback for us or you don't love it, I mean, be honest. Don't say you love it if you don't love it. But if you could take the time to go leave it a review on iTunes, that would be so awesome. That was my three announcements. Now let's get to know Christine a little bit more before we get her on the show. Christine Coe is a music and brain scientist turned multimedia creative. She spent a decade in academia. Christine was about to become a professor when she decided to hang up her academic spurs in favor of more flexible and independent ventures. Since leaving academia in 2006, Christine has forged a new career focused on creating content to help people live better, happier, and with elevated purpose and intention. She is the founder and editor of Boston Mamas, an amazing website that everyone who lives in the Boston area uses on a regular basis if you have little ones. She's the co-host of Edit Your Life Show, a podcast devoted to helping people edit their lives to make room for awesome. She's the co-author of Minimalist Parenting, a book to help parents enjoy family life more by doing less. She's the designer and co-owner of Brave New World Designs, a stylish advocacy-oriented design collection. And she is the creative director at Women Online, a communications firm that specializes in using social media for good. Christine lives in Boston with her husband, Jonathan, and daughters, Laurel and Violet. Oh my gosh, you guys, I can't tell you how qualified this makes her to teach us all about how to streamline our time, all while being sort of at peace, having fun and with ease, which from this interview, you will hear is how she lives her life. So with no further ado, let's get Christine Co. on the show. Christine Co., welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. I am delighted to be here. Thank you for inviting me on the show. It's fun. And I feel like, you know, I talk to people all over the country, sometimes the world. And I think that we're like one town away having this conversation from our computers. So I, I believe that's that. true. <laughs> sometimes I, I find that. that I have to travel like across the country to see somebody who lives in the neighborhood. Like <laughs> so it's true. ridiculous. That's so true. So you are, you are one busy mama. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about what you've what you've got going on. I know that you, you run Boston Mamas, which is an amazing website for people trying to figure out. It seems like it's Boston, but also parenting in general, correct? That's correct. Yeah. It definitely has a national following and um, oh my gosh, it's, it's going to be 12 years old I next know, month, which is crazy. crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. I remember when it first, cause it came out, what is, how old are your kids? Yeah, my my kids are 13 and 7, so yeah. I, uh, yeah. It was yeah. when your little one was little, because it was, I remember when it happened, because I think I had one, I had my 14-year-old, and, you know, I was a web designer, so I was, like, paying attention right. to what was going on. What was <laughs> and going I was like, on oh, my internet. God, somebody made yes. a website for themselves. Like, I remember <laughs> having that thought, like, not for yourself, but, you know, like, it wasn't for a client, which I thought was very cool at the time. Yeah, totally. I remember having that thought. 
So, and then you moved on and wrote a book, which you know I love, about minimalist parenting, because that's what I'm all about. <laughs> yes, um, yes. So we can dive into that topic a little. And then you, you're just like, you just, you do a lot. So you, you can tell us what else you do, but I would also just love to dive into what that, how that balances out. Yeah. Yeah. There are a couple other projects. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and I'll just back up and say, and maybe you'll have already told people this, but I actually use, I'm a career jumper. So I used to be a neuroscientist oh. in my previous life. Yes. Yeah. I so, remember reading that. Yes. And really, as I'm sure a lot of your listeners will identify with, you know, like when you have kids and things, your priorities change. And at the time yeah. that um, I was finishing up my postdoc here in Boston at Harvard and MIT, you know, my dad was dying and my, I just had my first baby and I really was feeling like, okay, if I'm going to have a career, like I love working, I know I need to work, um, but I just, I, I got to love it. So that's when I started to carve out all these things. So you mentioned the, the book. Were you slated to go into academia? Was that kind of where you were headed? That was the dream. I, okay. I really, I went to uh, my undergrad was here in Massachusetts at Wheaton College, and I was so inspired by my professors. They were so wonderful. So the ultimate dream was to go back and teach at Wheaton College. Got it. Um, but my, and I really, actually, my master's, my postdoc, I really enjoyed those. My, I'm sorry, my master's, my PhD, I enjoyed. My postdoc was incredibly miserable. Mm. And that was the inflection point where I was like, okay, I want to stay in Boston, but to suffer the way you need to, to, to be a junior faculty member here. I just wasn't feeling it. And I had yeah. a lot of friends from grad school who really loved it still. And I was like, that's not how I feel. So that's when I knew it was time for a change. Awesome. So tell us how you, well, so you made that change by starting Boston Mamas? I did. That was the very first project. And then um, actually right after that, not long after that, I started a design company called Posh Peacock, which has since shuttered, but I sometimes forget that in the story because mm -hmm. I just, at some point, I just decided I was done with that, you know, after maybe five years. Mm -hmm. um, but the blog sort of eventually evolved to the book, Minimalist Parenting, and then my co-author, Asha Dornfest, and I, um, a few years, a couple of years ago, three years ago, maybe, um, we started a podcast called Editing oh, right. Yeah, which is basically we talk about parenting but also just general lifestyle and work and productivity and all sorts of things oh cool we yeah we dive into a, that today too i'm excited yeah <laughs> it's such a joy and it very much aligns with what you know simplifying what you're all yes about. yes um and what else so yes i i also serve as creative director for women online a social media agency uh, based here in Boston. I know and Maura's been on the podcast. Yes. So she, she you do has. that with her, right? Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. And then I, I know it's ridiculous. I'll, I'll say the last thing is <laughs> um, <laughs> my husband and I started sort of unexpectedly ended up starting um, a t-shirt design business together. <laughs> Yeah. Right it's after the election. Um, we were in 2016, we were devastated by what was happening and wanted to figure out a way to channel our rage in some way. And I had just recreationally, you know, a little while earlier that year, um, figured out how to make t-shirts for myself just to entertain myself, just these one-off things. And anytime I made one, people would freak out and be like, oh, where do I get that? And I'd say, oh, I'm not selling anything. Uh, but after the election, we decided to start 
a company and an Etsy shop um, called Brave New World Designs, and we donate 20% of the proceeds from each shirt, and in one case, 100%, um, to different organizations that are doing amazing work. To That's so people. cool. Yeah, so it's been pretty cool. We've, you know, it's the first project we've really done together, and we've donated to probably 25 or more different organizations, you know, thousands of dollars over the last couple of years. So it's, it's been quite a ride. Yeah. And then when I met you, I, you were still dreaming about other things because I think you were talking about building a greenhouse somewhere in the country. So I feel like, Oh yeah, <laughs> that is still on the list. My apocalypse bunker. That's yeah. definitely still on the list, but I uh, haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> but what's so, what was most incredible about that to me is just, with, I feel like we can get so busy and not have space to even have that. You know what I mean? Like that we don't have the creative space anymore to think of new things. And it doesn't sound like you have that problem, <laughs> but you're still always thinking of new things. I do have a lot of ideas, but I do agree with you that I find that that empty space, whether it's time, whether it's an uncluttered scene, whether it's the ocean and the, you know, the vastness of that, I, I feel like I need that more and more in order to kind of restore and refresh. It just, um, there's just too much going on, you know, we, and we have to be really intentional about, about creating those spaces to let our, you know, let our minds wander and breathe and be creative. Let's go there. How do, how do we do that? How do we do that? You You know, um, actually Asha and I, in our book, and we, I think we recently talked about this on a podcast episode too. She coined an awesome phrase in the book that I love and uh, she calls it serendipity space. And it's Ooh, kind I of, like the idea of creating those spaces in order to let good stuff happen or nothing at all, or, you know, something really unexpected. And I, as I said, I think we have to be super intentional about it. Um, one of the best kind of tactical ways that you know, I do this with my family is, um, we have like an old school poster board calendar that we make on our, on our, in our kitchen, like on the door that goes down to the the laundry room downstairs. And, uh, we, we like draw it in by hand It take, you know, it can hold one piece of poster board can hold about nine weeks. Um, and every week we do a look ahead and kind of have figured out I call it looking for your Goldilocks level of busy in a week, but you know, what week in a week, you know, how many events feels like way too crazy? How many feels a little slow? And then how many feels just right? And then, you know, shooting for that as best you can every week, not every week's going to be perfect, but it requires sort of um, constant editing out. And um, yeah, I, I actually love taking stuff off the calendar. <laughs> that's, but that's been the way we've managed to carve out space really, you know, with intention. And how do you choose what comes off the calendar? Like it would tell us, give us an example. Yeah, I think there are some, um, you know, there are definitely some things that are required. Like, you know, if there are things that the kids have, like, you know, graduation or <laughs> things they have to show up. That coming up, yep. Yeah, things they have to show up for. But then, you know, really there are so many optional things. Um, you know, sometimes I get, well, I get a ton of invites for different meetings and events, and I will say I say no to almost all of them. I'm really, really, really picky, um, especially around evening time, because I've found that that's really the time for our family when we reconnect and just need some downtime together. Um, so I think it's it's figuring out, the key, I guess, is figuring out what what is what is driving you based on sort of should and obligation and, you know, is really an actually, actually an optional thing versus something that 
you know, you really want to do or is really actually required. Yeah. And I've been getting a lot of um, comments and questions a lot from my audience lately because we've been talking a lot about planning because actually I just came out with a planner. So we've been talking a lot about scheduling that downtime. Mm -hmm. And what I find a lot of people get stuck on is that all these kid things do come up and don't feel optional. I mean, many of them are not optional, right? Like you can't miss out on, you know, there are things that are optional. It's all how we, how, how we approach it. But then we schedule ourselves out, right? So our own, that space that we need as moms and entrepreneurs and people just to be able to show up to our family, to our friends, to our work, um, to our own creativity, whatever it happens to be. And we seem to schedule those out first. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you you have that problem ever? Or do you have a way that you sort of make sure that you're always there? Well, I think, um, you know, as I said, it's never perfect. And in fact, just a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago, um, I missed something real big. (laughs) You know, my, my daughter was um, giving a speech as president of the junior honors, national junior honor society. And due to poor planning, I will say like on the school's part, like we didn't even know it was happening until the week before. And I was, Mm -hmm. I was slated to be in California. Like there was no way it was for a client. There was no way I could change my, my plans. Um, So it's not always perfect, but I think actually um, when you said showing up, I'm assuming you mean like no, for yourself more, I was talking, but it's interesting that you said that because I just had a similar experience. And I actually think those are good. I, I actually think they're great too, because honestly, there were a couple things. And actually I screwed up on something just like days after that. I took my daughter to the same kid uh, to a soccer game like an hour and a half late. So, like, <laughs> um, but, but the good in those things is one, for the soccer screw up, I said, you know what? this is a good reminder that I should not be in charge of all the scheduling things that we need a little backup and other people need to be responsible for things. And then also just generally with both of those or the first example, I was like, you know what? You have other people who can be there for you. It doesn't always have to be me. Your dad's going to be there. Your sister's going to be there. You have countless, you know, family friends. It's going to be okay. Um, And I think that really contributes to a kid becoming resilient and understanding, you know, our big thing around here is that it is a family system. Anything that one person does impacts everybody else. And so for me, because we have conversations like that, you know, my, my kids understand when I have work stuff to do, like uh, that's supporting us. Sometimes I can involve them. Sometimes it will have to take priority over something they're doing and I can't be there for them. Um, but we talk about how this whole family situation, it's more than about one moment. So um, that's been a really important conversation for us. Yeah, I think that's so, so important. And, you know, not necessarily always easy as a mom. I was, I had a very similar situation where I missed the play. Yep. And um, I was in Arizona, so almost as far as California. And, you know, at some point I started getting all these texts about makeup problems. And I was like, okay, I'm in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm about to have to talk and your guys are in Boston and there's many capable people who can figure out makeup, you know, and it's yeah. like, how do we, how do we figure that out? And in the, the end with me as well, it was my daughter. I just feel like that's, we're being such role models because we want them to go off and do amazing things too. Absolutely. And I, I, I want my kids to find something they're excited about and to work and to know, I mean, really, 
I think it's natural and age appropriate for kids to be, be in the world and be younger and be sort of self-centered. I mean, that's kind of like what yeah. they do. They're very self-centered, but it can't always be that way. And in fact, um, this past couple weeks, uh, we also had, you know, my 13 year old was helping with tech crew with this, the school play. And there was just like way too much going on and way too many rides happening. And just this morning she asked me about something and she started, she, she in- included the caveat. She said, I know there's been a lot of asking these days, <laughs> but I, I just wanted to ask you about something. And it, her request actually didn't really impact me at all, but I was really happy that she is developing an awareness that any ask, you know, kind of impacts the rest of us too. Yeah. It's, yeah, I love that. That's such an important lesson. And, and it's true that they are self-centered for a while, but it's a learned skill. Yeah, absolutely. For all of us. Um, okay. So one thing that I have heard that you do well, oh dear, <laughs> <a little> whisper, <laughs> is divide up your time, like your work day really well. Cause you're, you're working on so many projects. Yes. Time that I like for many people that would just cause overwhelm and stuckness. Right. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about your time and how you really do separate. I mean, it's separate family from work and then those projects that you're doing in work like how does what does that look like in a week or in a day whatever system that is you're using yeah so I find it you know er, pretty much every day I have to touch six different businesses which is Mm -hmm. a little bit crazy making to you know people Mm -hmm. it, it does it is a little crazy and it sounds crazy but um I have found that um I I absolutely need to write everything down or have a to-do list. I use a digital, some people like paper, but I prefer a digital to-do mm-hmm. list. I can move stuff around easily. Mm-hmm. Um, also, cause my handwriting is terrible. And um, <laughs> I'm assuming you have good, good handwriting if you have a planner, but um, yeah, so I use Todoist and um, it allows you to code everything into different projects. And in- Oh, it's literally called that? Todoist, yes, todoist.com, and it's free. I actually have a, I have an upgraded version, but it's um, there's a pay version where you can get some more features. But mm-hmm. um, the basic version is free and it's fine. And so I find that I have to put everything down for every different project. You can set up recurring tasks and that sort of thing. And so a couple things I do to kind of keep myself grounded with it all is, you know, the day before, um, you know, as I anticipate. First, I do the week look ahead on a, on a Sunday and look at my schedule just to get a general overarching sense of what's happening, um, whether I can trim events out, if I can move stuff around, um, if it looks too busy. And then, you know, each night I'll just do a quick look ahead to see what's up on my to-do list for the next day, just so I can see like how overwhelming or okay it might be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then... Um, you know, my husband and I actually have a routine where I get up first with my 13-year-old at six because she has to be out the door by seven. And then um, he tags in with our little one at seven and I go get in an hour of work before taking her to school. So that's, yeah, which has been actually really, it was his idea um, Mm -hmm. because I was sort of getting a little panicky about having to start my day by more like 8.45. That's a bit for me personally, I feel like a lot of the day has already elapsed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a really great solution. And I just go through, I look at the to-do list for the day. I flag anything that is really critical that needs to get done that day. Um, and then actually I start the day by 
just zooming through the list and knocking off the stuff that's easiest and fastest so I can trim that list out. <laughs> I love that. And then I feel more calm. I, and so actually it's great. By the time I walk out the door to take Violet to school, I've probably already, you know, tackled, I don't know, sometimes 10 to 20 things on that list, gotten them out, out of the way. And then I kind of know what I need to approach um, when I get back. And I sort of plan the to-dos around that day, you know, stuff that takes more time or less time around meetings and such. And so it actually, you know, it actually works for me and it's, it's been a good system. It's interesting because we've had a bunch of conversations lately here about to-do lists from people thinking about the big picture. So how, like, and, and just productivity in general and how a lot of times as women, we put so much pressure on ourselves on these to-do lists, which are like thousands of things long and maybe not attainable, especially if that's all meaning to, hap meaning to happen in a day. Mm -hmm. So how do you decide what those things are? Like, do you have a system for really knowing what belongs on that to-do list or if a day goes something happens, I don't know, a child comes home sick or like, do you have a system for figuring out what's important to do, you know, what has to happen and, and how to let yourself off the hook if not everything gets done? Sure. I think, um, well, first, you know, I, I break out, um, you know, cause there, I have different clients where I need to Mm -hmm. do specific things every single day or every weekday or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and every day I need to check the orders at the shop and do all the things that need to happen with that. Um, and just kind of check in and have touch points with that. Um, but you know, the great thing is actually, um, I have found, I tend to operate a little ahead of schedule too. So even if I have kind of editorial deadlines with clients, mm -hmm. um, I'm operating a little bit ahead of schedule, which is not how everybody works, but that's how I build in just a little breathing room buffer. And then I've found that, you know, since going independent, the awesome thing is, and, and I will say like surrounding myself, working with awesome women yes. <laughs> has been when that has been crucial to my happiness. And I think also, you know, when something does come down the pike, because I'm, I've developed a sort of reputation for being like on top of things. If something comes down the pike, people are like, okay, go deal with it. And I toss, and actually the most liberating thing is if I toss on my out of office, you know, auto responder, mm -hmm. that actually is really important for me being, feeling off the hook, you know, whether it's sick or I'm oh, traveling I or whatever. Um, I just, I have found that that is one simple thing where I, I just totally can tune out when I know that out of office bounces on. Because you feel like they've, someone's been taken care of, like they know that you're they just, know. you yeah, can't. Yeah, they know I'm out right and it's all good. And I actually love it. It's my favorite. <laughs> that's a good, that's a really good tip for everyone listening. And I, you know what? I'm not always perfect at that. And I wonder if that, I, once I, I worked with a photographer who did that to her voicemail every single morning. She recorded a voicemail. So if like she was on shoot, she'd be like, I'm on shoot today. And then I'm going off to hang out with my kids. So I'll get back to you. And, you know, so it was really clear, like how busy or not busy she was in the day. Mm -hmm. So that was a little over the top for me, but it was really interesting as somebody trying to call her, like how you do feel taken care of, you know, when somebody's really telling you what's up and that they're there, they're not there. Yeah, it, it's it's shocking like how effective it is too. And um, you know, I think I think even I don't do I don't get sick that often, but recently I got hit with some kind of weird three day like stomach mm. flu or something. Ugh. And um, 
you know, finally I was like, I just have to like turn on my out of office on and like just lie on the couch and watch junk TV until I feel better. And once I told my team, you know, that I was going to be out, they were fine. They were like, great, we'll handle anything. Um, And, you know, it was so good. So yes, I would, you should definitely do it next time you even if you need to be out for a school thing, like turn it yeah. off and people will know that you're out. You don't have yeah. to even say it's for a school thing. Yeah, no, I, I love that. So you mentioned in there, your women. So let's talk tribe a little bit because I feel like I've heard you talk about that before. Um, and just this idea that we can't, you've mentioned your team, you've mentioned your women. So how do we, do you have any strategies around that or tips for people really feeling alone either in business or as a parent? Yeah. So I think, um, oh man, it's, it's just, it's so important. I think it is, it is difficult, um, or it can be difficult to feel like, okay, I'm going to create a team. I mean, that's not possible for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've structured over the years and I don't think I would, I don't remember saying, okay, now I'm going to work with some really badass women. Like I didn't, (laughs) I don't feel like I went out and and did that, but it kind of has evolved. But I would say, um, you know, if you are an independent, you know, entrepreneur, if you're doing your own thing um, and you don't have, um, you're not in a position where you're building a team per se to, to work on stuff, I would definitely recommend at least kind of having like, I call it the secret squirrel tribe, um, just some trusted confidants. Like if they're in your space, your, your, your um, professional space, great. Um, it could be something a little different though. Um, and I had just have a stable of a small group of women where we'll text each other, you know, to bounce ideas off of each other or what have you. Um, and just, you know, create a group that way. If you're not, even if you're not directly working with each other on projects, I feel like it's just so valuable. So I think it's so important and also around family and, you know, raising our kids. Um, I got stuck yesterday. My son broke his foot and I was like, oh my God, I'm at the doctor. It's quarter three and I have two other children who are at schools. (laughs) How do I get them home? And it's like, you really have to cultivate that, that village. I agree. And it's funny because, you know, my kids are quite far apart in age. They're six and a half years, which means mm-hmm. we had a year off from elementary school before having to go back to elementary school. <laughs> and, awesome. and like, yeah, I know it's crazy. And so when we were starting again, back at our elementary school, I'll admit it was very humbling. I was like, oh God, do I have to try? Do I have to like make, <laughs> like, do I have to do this again? Like this was so stressful, you know, the first time, but I did. And it's been lovely. And like, you know, like you've said with trying to figure out, you know, who can get who in an emergency, it's been awesome. You know, we support each other. We help each other with pickups. Um, and I'm, I actually really, one of my big things is I really loathe driving around and being a chauffeur. So, you know, carpooling is essential to my survival. Yes. (laughs) Um, so it is, it is a good thing to make an effort at the playground and just kind of try to find, you know, like-minded parents who you enjoy and, you know, who you think your kids will enjoy. Yeah, it's great. And, you know, even like yesterday or, you know, some, some different moments, you know, I've connected with parents and kids grow up and have their own thoughts. And I've still stayed close to parents who, you know, my kids, they might not be the first person that their child calls and vice versa. But it's just amazing to have that safe net, 
whether, you yes. know, it's your child's best friend or not. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. we've moved on to a, a period of time now where like, sometimes we'll just go out with the parents. Yeah. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah. Which is great. You know, that's even, that's wonderful too. So tell us some of the, like, what are some of the real gems in minimalist parenting? Let's go there. Wow. Um, I think there are, there are a lot of things in that book. I, know. Um, I think one... <laughs> it's, a very, it's like, it, it's, it's one of those books for anyone listening who hasn't picked it up. It's very, um, I appreciate it as a busy parent because it's very, you could go in and read two paragraphs and get a really good strategy and then oh. go back. I mean, it's very block. it's blocked up really well. Yes. Thank, well, thank you for saying that. We really wanted it to, it to be sort of a, like, you don't have to read it cover to cover. You can just yeah. like, be go like, get your oh part. my gosh, this is what I'm stressed out about and like jump in. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, one of the, the most important overarching things is this, we talk about this idea of you know, giving, giving people the permission to step off the hamster wheel and, and carve things out in a way that, you know, really works for your family. I think, I don't know what it is about modern parenting, but it really kind of gets people trapped in this sense of shoulds and, oh my gosh, I'm terrible if I don't do it this way. And, you know, we really encourage people to, to realize that it doesn't have to be that way. And, you know, every family is going to be so different in what they like doing, how they want to structure things. Um, so, you know, that's the most important thing to remember that like you are actually in charge of this situation and that you can control it. I mean, that's really a hard one for people. Well, and it's interesting because I think actually that's at the, like, that's really at the heart of being able to go back, going back to the beginning of our conversation, know what to say no to, right? Because mm -hmm. if you're just doing what you think you should do, it's actually really hard to, to do that to your schedule because it's not your own gut. Like, right. You're not, you're not operating from what you think is right. You're operating from what you think is supposed to. And that's a really a saturated day. <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> and I'm glad you brought up the saying no, because I think that that's actually another huge piece of it. And mm. I wanted to mention that, you know, when I do speaking engagements and, and such, I talk a lot about that concept. And um, one of the simplest things that you can do, just like how we were talking, I love easy tweaks, right? Mm -hmm. so about the turning on the out of office thing. But with saying no, I have found that people have, women especially, have an enormously hard time with it because they feel guilty about um, whether or not they have a good excuse for why they can't do something. And so right. I always say to people, listen, you do not have to make excuses for why you are saying no to something. You just have to say no graciously. So the next time, like, and I always encourage people, like, practice it in your inbox this week, like tomorrow. So instead, we usually say, oh, sorry, no, I can't make it because, and then you mm -hmm. insert some excuse and then you feel bad if you can't figure out something good or you feel bad if you lie. Just say, oh, regrets, I'm, I'm not able to make it. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Boom. Yeah. And it's so much easier. This is how I bust through my inbox every day to let you know people know I'm grateful that they thought of me for whatever, but I can't make it. And that's it. Yeah. And it just, if you practice it, it becomes second nature and it just makes it so much easier for you to protect your time. Well, and then you just said that you can bust through your email box because yeah. I think one of the things we do is we hem and haw of like, what is the reason? Like, is it good enough? You know, and then instead of saying no in the first 15 minutes when we know very well in our gut that that's what the answer is, it could take us days, right? And then that's so much time that we could be doing something else. Oh, absolutely. I feel like 
we get weighed down just generally. This is another thing that's important in the book that we talk about, but emotional baggage around stuff, like Mm. it can just drag you down. So another thing, you know, since we've talked about to-do lists is that I am really a big fan of, you know, when I do that to-do list scan, um, tackling the hardest thing first, because Mm, sometimes the hardest thing doesn't even take that much time. It's just like, you're feeling bad about, you know, emailing somebody about something or saying no about something. And so sometimes when you tackle that hardest thing first, it can only take like a couple minutes and then it frees you up for the rest of the day, just emotionally and, you know, however else. And I feel like that's such a good tactic for kind of getting things done. Yeah. I love that one. Um, there is a famous quote about the frog, but I'm not, I can't think of it right now. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) I think it was, yeah, we won't go there. Um, so, so, okay. So I love all those strategies. Um, any, any, any last one you want to leave us with? Are we good? Um, I guess I would just also say this is a little more big. I mean, it's kind of a mix of big picture and tactical, but Mm -hmm. I think it's just to remember that, um, all of this life, you know, right now and with kids and everything, it's, it's a moving target. So you have to kind of remember that and, you know, issue yourself forgiveness for the times you try something that works last week that doesn't work this week. Um, or, you know, just remember that you have to kind of keep evaluating, keep editing, you know, keep prioritizing, you know, yourself and that it's, it's fine to prioritize yourself. You know, we end, we actually end the book with a, ca- a chapter that's all about self-care and that sort of thing. And that was an intentional choice because really we feel like, you know, the journey begins and ends with you. And so um, that's how we really wanted to close that book. Yeah. And I, said, I love that you say um, that it's always changing because, you know, um, my business, well, whatever, this evolution of my business, because I feel like there's been multiple, um, really started around meal planning. and it's so it's no secret to my listeners that I actually think food makes a huge, huge difference in how we show up and that, you know, maybe that's not the thing that we're doing perfect as a society right now. But that said, you know, I do focus a lot on how we eat clean, but we also have to give ourselves a break. Like there can be so much pressure around doing everything right. Mm -hmm. And there's moments where, you know, I talk all the time about how, clean eating makes a difference. And there's moments when I do the wrong thing there with my kids, for sure, like many moments. And it's okay. Like we just have, you know, it's like, I feel like so much of it is just the intention to show up as a good person. And a lot of that's just around tricks that you've shared, like looking at the calendar every week and just trying to be a little less busy this week than last week. Or, you know, it's just different every week. And we just sort of have to go with that a little bit and give ourselves that break. I love that strategy. Yeah, I, that's really funny that you, I'm glad. And um, maybe this is subject for another podcast, but, or, or something, but um, it's funny because I'm actually, I've been in the middle of an intentional eating practice, you know, Mm. that, that um, it has been since the day after Easter. So that was quite a while. That was like two months ago. Um, And, and it's funny because, and I'll just touch on this quickly. We don't, I don't want to hijack things, but. No, no, no. Hijack. I love the topic. (laughs) Well, so just quickly as backstory, um, you know, one of the things I do love doing is baking. And if anybody follows me on Instagram and looks at my feed, they'll see cakes and cakes and all sorts of things. And um, on Easter, the only reason I remember it is because I literally felt 
sick because I had overdosed on Cadbury mini eggs that day. I made this beautiful ombre cake that was topped with Cadbury mini eggs and filled with Cadbury mini eggs and then there were extra Cadbury mini eggs. And I was just, I, I actually felt like I was going to barf. Like I felt yeah. so terrible. Yeah. And so the next day I was like, man, I just, I got to reset. I like, I just need to do something. And anybody who knows me knows that I love treats, but I said, you know, I don't want to do something like Whole30. Like I'm not, I don't want to just be super restrictive. I just want to be more intentional about what I'm going to mm. eat and if I really want to eat it. So I just said, okay, I'm going to just try to eat as cleanly as possible. I'm going to try to strip out, um, there were a few things, um, dessert, alcohol, um, junk food snacks, like chips and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then also um, bread, which I'm not a huge, I mean, I like bread, but I'm not, I just kind of felt like I needed to peel back a little bit on all that stuff and just try mm -hmm. more vegetables and stuff. I went seven weeks before I ate even a bite of dessert. And, and, um, and like, I mean, it's been since then and I've maybe had like, I can count on one hand how many drinks I've had. And I've just had them when I have chosen, like I've said, mm -hmm. okay, I really want to have this now. Um, and it's been so interesting to me because if you had asked me before whether I thought I could do that, I would say, hell no, that's crazy. <laughs> um, but, but really I found that I think one, my body just desperately needed a reset. And two, it's been really lovely to really think about what I'm eating and think, okay, do I really actually want this or am I bored or am I like, you know, just acting on an impulse and going to feel kind of gross after. So it's kind of, it's been awesome. It's amazing. I'm, I'm a little shocked with myself, I have to say. And so what, are, and what are you doing? Are you literally, so you're like just taking a deep breath, like if something comes into the, like, so you're probably planning your food. Um, I'm not being super, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a creature of habit. Like I generally, like I like having, you know, fruit or chia something in the morning for breakfast mm -hmm. and I love salads for lunch. So, I mean, generally so that's been happening. Yeah. Yeah. That's been happening. But, um, you know, I really, before, after dinner, like late afternoon snacking is an issue, usually an issue mm -hmm. for me, but you know, then I'll sit and I'll make a choice and I'll be like, I'm not actually going to feel that good if I eat that. I'm going to choose something different. Um, same with after dinner. Like usually after dinner, people want sweets and um, I've just been like, you know what? I actually don't really want that. Um, and I guess the other driving factor was that I wasn't fitting into any of my pants. And I was like, <laughs> I'm too lazy to buy new clothes. So I just want to fit into my pants. And now I'm back in my pants. And so I'm very, awesome. that's been good, positive feedback. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. I love that. Well, it's funny because people ask me all the time if I feel deprived and I really don't. I honestly don't. And I started a similar experiment, but eight years ago. And, um, you know, so I haven't had dairy or gluten. Wow. Okay. Or, you know, all that. And, and, and I just, I feel so good that it makes it just intentionally, it's the same thing. I make those choices. But the interesting part is that I feel like that's my self care, right? Like, so I know how to take really good care of myself and for a, a while and you know I've written a book about how to feed your kids well so it's not like I'm saying don't feed your kids well but there is like our kids have to learn the same lessons as we did right so at some level like they need to be making some choices mm -hmm. and I feel like there's so much mom guilt out there like if my child's not eating the broccoli you know everything's going to go wrong but you know, the truth is is that if you have the intention that you want your child to eat more vegetables and you're doing it yourself 
the likelihood that in the end it's all going to work out is pretty high, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But when you're not doing it yourself, that's different actually. So it's so great. I think when we do the, these moments of self-care and really modeling this, I think that's the best teacher. Agree. Modeling is huge. And then also just remembering, I remember reading somewhere um, early on that like our job as parents is, you know, to offer the good and healthy things, but you just can't shove it down their throat. You just yeah, have to, no, you yeah. know, you keep presenting. And, you know, I remember with both of my kids thinking, oh my gosh, are they, are they ever going to eat something that's not white? Like, are they, <laughs> are they ever going to choose something other than mac and cheese or like white bread or whatever? And, you know, now my, actually my 13 year old was a vegetarian for five years. Um, and, you know, my little one eats vegetables now. Like you just have to, you just keep at it, you know, yeah, and, and it. remember it's going to be okay. Yeah. I love that. Um, all right. One self-care tip to finish off from that last chapter. What's your favorite? Oh, I think I, it would be, and it's very relevant today to today, actually, for something I did this morning is to remember that everyone deserves at least 10 minutes a day. You know, I hear so many people say, I can't, I, and not to get bound up in the trap that self-care means you need to like go to the gym for an hour or do mm -hmm. something for an hour. I think we often talk ourselves out of things because they just feel too time consuming. But I feel like even 10 minutes is better than nothing and yeah. that everybody should just commit to doing that. Um, and and it will it will impact everybody for the better. Yeah. And sometimes like there's moments that self-care means you get to take a shower and of course, yes. You create a boundary around that, that like nobody gets to come in, <laughs> you know, like I get my 10 minutes in the shower to fully enjoy the water. Um, because you know, it's, I, cause I feel like a lot of times people think like, I don't have time to go get a pedicure or massage. And I think that's not what it's about. It's, it's just about really taking those moments that you can soak in as your own. I agree. If you don't have locks on your bathroom door, like I'm a huge fan of that. Actually, our, our, we just, that was not something intentional when we bought our house. So every it's new construction. So every yep. bathroom door has a lock on it. Lock. And I'm like, yeah. this is awesome. I am locking myself in here. Taking a shower. And taking a shower and I'm going to be uninterrupted and it's going to be amazing. So I'm glad you brought that up as an example. I love that. All right. So there's so many possibilities, but tell us where we can find you. Well, I think the easiest place is christineco.com. That okay. has, that's my landing for everything. And you can find all the different crazy things that we talked about, um, you know, there. <laughs> all right. Awesome. And because um, everyone listening is podcast fans, we should all go listen. Oh yeah. And I'm also, I, I would say my favorite social channel right now is Instagram. I just okay. I love it. I love photography. I love sharing, you know, things and stories. And so there I'm at Boston Mamas. All right. Cool. We'll put all that in the show notes and go check it out. Thank you so much for your time today. Oh, you're welcome. This was such fun to chat. I hope you guys loved my chat with Christine. It was so fun to talk to her and she's just chock full of good information. But at the end of every episode, I always pick three doable changes so that we can take what we've been inspired by and actually put it into action and make changes happen in our own life. I always share three because we're all in different spaces and spots and have different things we need to work on, but I always recommend that we choose one thing to work on per week and really have fun with it. Figure out how it fits into our calendars, into our days, 
into the spots in between, just how we can really make it work because it's going to work a little bit differently for everybody. And I find that when we focus on one thing at a time, we're really able to implement it into our lives. And once we've really implemented something into our lives, we can keep coming back to it over and over again. And that's different than being totally inspired and wanting to do 30 things at once and going for it and being really good at that for about four days. And then just everything falls apart when, I don't know, it rains or a kid gets sick or there's vacation. And all of a sudden we get knocked off of our game and we don't really have any way to get back to it. So I really find one thing at a time is the key. And if you think about it, if you do one thing a week for 52 weeks, which is a year, you have at least 50 new great habits that are going to work for you in a variety of different situations, in a variety of different seasons. I think you're going to find that really rewarding. So let's get into the three doable changes from this episode. Number one is say no to something. Oh my God, do I love this one, especially at this time of year. Well, like every time of year, but we can get really busy in the summer. We like tell ourselves this story of it's relaxing and then we say yes to everything and it gets really busy. So say no to something. Remember that you are in control of your life and don't have to say yes to all the shoulds. You also don't need an excuse to say no, which is part two and really important. We Let's practice responding. I'm not able to make it. Thank you so much for thinking of me. That's all we have to say. All right. So doable change number one, practice saying no. I bet there's like a hundred times in a week where you could put that into action. All right. Number two, commit to 10 minutes a day for yourself. I totally believe that we deserve more than 10 minutes a day of self-care. There's no question about it. But sometimes thinking about an hour at the gym or getting a massage, it just feels overwhelming. We talk ourselves out of it. We talk ourselves out of deserving it. So, but if we just commit to 10 minutes, that feels really doable. And it's just, it just makes us feel taken care of. And when we feel taken care of, which is in our hands, because this is our self-care, we are able to give back to our families, to our communities, to our, whoever you need to give back to, you, you have more to give. And this doesn't have to be complicated. The cool thing about 10 minutes is it's not about the hour-long exercise class or massage. It's about, as Christine said, locking the door so you can take a shower alone. The things that we do, the things we forget we can do. All right, that is doable change number two. Number three, do a to-do list scan. This is a great strategy and it's actually a little bit different than what I teach, which I love sharing because I feel like we all come at this kind of stuff from different angles and understandings and methodologies and we're just all different. So this, I love this tip. So take a minute to scan your to-do list every morning. See what you can knock off quickly and get those things done right away. Flag anything that is essential to do so that you know where to focus your time. And if the day looks totally overwhelming, see what you can shift to another day. I just want to break out a couple really important things in that 
doable change and that strategy that Christine served up to us, it's really, really important that you move anything that can't be done to another day. It's really important that you're taking things from your to-do list and putting them into a calendar that has time associated with it. So those are two really important parts to that. And then the part that she added, which I love, is to get those little things done first. Sometimes I suggest, or what has worked for me a lot, is getting the harder thing done first. And then in that time when I get really antsy and fidgety, that's when I go through that that more bucket list of quick five-minute calls. But I love her way too. So those are three doable changes that you can put into action today. As you know, we have hundreds of other doable changes, either by looking at each of the podcasts or downloading um, 101 doable changes that are health and wellness related that I put together. And you can get those at plansimplemeals.com slash 101, or you can browse the podcasts at Plan Simple Meals and click on the podcast button. And I cannot wait to hear your feedback. Oh, and I have one really exciting announcement that I'm going to add on to the end of this episode. I have been not so great about our Facebook group. I created a Facebook group called Healthy Moms Meetup a couple years ago, and it was going, going, going. And then in the past couple months, I had to step back from it a little bit just because a lot was going on. And in that spirit of Christine saying that we have to say no to some things, that was the thing I had to say no to. But I am feeling the calling that we need to gather there again, that we need to keep going in these conversations that we're starting on the podcast because I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear what you're thinking. I want to hear what you're implementing. I want to hear where you're running into walls or where you're really succeeding, what's really happening that's great. I want to hear all of that. So make sure to come join that group. Um, You should be able to link to it just from the regular Plan Simple Meals Facebook page. It's linked to on the Plan Simple Meals website. You can Google Healthy Moms Meetup on Facebook or Plan Simple Meals on Facebook. And anyway, you should be able to find it. Um, You can also just go to healthymomsmeetup.com, just a URL. And if you put your name and email into there, you will immediately get a link to go to the Facebook group and sign up. And let's keep talking, all right? That is the secret, is to keep talking, keep moving through. So thank you guys. I will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.